My name is Christian. And I'm Rob. And this is Faith 168. There are 168 hours in every week. And in those 168 hours, we need Jesus to make it through. So join us every week as we share devotions, talk about standing boldly in the Word of God, and answer tough questions submitted by you, our listeners. Welcome Welcome to to Faith 168. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, we thank you for joining us here at Faith 168. Brother Rob is here with me, my co-host, and we are so excited for season number two of Faith 168. And we're going to kick this off tonight with a topic that both Rob and I have really been discussing and have really thought about and think will be beneficial for us to start out this season. So, Brother Rob, what are we talking about tonight? Yeah, absolutely. It's so good to uh, to be with you again, brother, and, and to uh, be with our listeners. This is exciting. We've both had a crazy end of summers, early falls, and uh, we're ready to get back into it. And so I'm excited. And, and this topic is is one that uh, I have struggled with in the past. I know that that you've struggled with in the past. Uh, many people, uh, even young people that we deal with, are, are currently struggling with this. And um, and it's not just young people. This this affects people in every walk of the Christian life. And and the topic is the difference between walking by faith and striving for acceptance. And so what I mean by that is that oftentimes we think in order to be accepted by God and loved by God and, and cherished by God or favored by God, that we have to do something. Um, and you see, we mm-hmm. this comes from a, a decent understanding of the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, in order to please God, you had to keep the law. You had to do certain things. But when Jesus came, he fulfilled every letter, every dot, every tittle of the law to the point where he completed the law. And so when he went to the cross, perfect, spotless lamb went to the cross he fulfilled the law, then he finished the work that that God the Father had sent him to do, and that was to save sinners. And so when God looked at Jesus, he saw me. When God looked at Jesus, he saw my brother Chris. And what happened there is that now when, when God the Father looks at me, he sees Jesus. And so I am accepted, I'm loved, I'm cherished, no matter what I do, no matter when I do it or how I do it, because because of my faith, now this doesn't apply to anybody other than the faithful, than, than Christians, those who have been washed in, in Jesus's blood. But when the Father looks at me, when he looks at Brother Christian, when he looks at you, if, if you are a believer, he sees Jesus's finished work. He sees Jesus, and Jesus was perfect, mm-hmm. righteous, holy, and so we don't have to do anything. In fact, the Bible says that anything that we do is filthy rags. Uh, we can look at at Paul, and Paul had this long list of credentials that he could have boasted in. He he was a 
a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was he was circumcised on the right day at the right time in the right way. He was uh, trained by the the best uh, Jewish scholars. He was um, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Uh, but he said he counted all of that as as dung because Jesus is all that matters. Uh, and so the best we have is, is filthy rags compared to what Jesus did. And so we are able to walk in faith with Jesus, not trying to earn acceptance, but already being accepted. Yeah. And, and when we understand that, it changes everything about the the way that we just exist, the, the way that we act, the way that we uh, participate, the way that we love, the way that we care. Uh, I think, Brother Chris, you're going to, to start us off here with some Bible verses. Do you mind to go ahead and, and kick this off for us? Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a question that if you feel this conviction on whether or not you're serving God to try and gain some type of acceptance or you're serving God simply because you love him, don't freak out when you feel that conviction because that's that's normal in a Christian's Absolutely. life. There's so many times that when I'm doing something that I have to look at the reason for why I'm doing it. And so many times because of our own insecurities, the problems or traumas that maybe we've gone through, we have this idea that we need to strive for someone's acceptance through our actions. Right. And that's completely against what scripture is all about. It's not about our actions, but it's about the actions of Christ. That's right. And so when I, when I really think about this, because we do live in a very action minded, law minded society to where we have to be people pleasers. And so it's a very big thing for us to to get that acceptance. But salvation, as, as Brother Rob was saying, has nothing to do with us, has everything to do with what Jesus did. And scripture tells us too, going along with what Brother Rob was saying, that you know uh, all of our righteousness, all of our works are counted as dirty rags in the eyes of the Lord. You know, that's what we learned in the Old Testament. And we go on into the New Testament. Paul even says something similar to that. It's if you want to earn your salvation, if you want to earn your acceptance, all you're going to do is earn more debt. Right. If you work, work, work towards this goal of salvation and acceptance in God, all you're really doing is earning debt because God doesn't want our work. He wants our faith. Right. And it's through our faith that he does good works in us. That's right. But when I do get to this question for myself, I really like what Paul writes in Romans chapter five. Yeah. Because there's no way that we could earn the love of God. There's no way that looking at my life and what I've done, or Brother Rob, when he looks at his life and what he has done and how we have both fallen short of the glory of God, can we ever stand before God and say, I did this, 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 and this, and so I am worthy of your love? Because honestly, what would happen if we stood before God in that manner, all we would be able to do is fall down before him and say, I'm unworthy. There's no way that I'm worthy of your love. Look at all of this stuff that has gone on in my life. Look at how I've fallen short of your perfect standard. 
Right. And so I have to remind myself so often that I don't have to do anything for God's acceptance. That's right. We already see that while we were sinners, he accepted us. He came to us, not so that we could remain in our sin, but to save us from our sin. He loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And so what I'm going to read is Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 11. And Paul writes this, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. And so the whole message of Scripture is that we could never earn the love of God. We could never earn the acceptance of God, and we will never have to because he gave it to us through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that the whole world is just accepted in their sin and that we'll stand before God and he'll say, everybody, come on in. Because as Brother Rob says often, and you'll probably hear him say this more as we continue through the Faith 168 podcast, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to be with him. He's not going to make you follow him. You might stand before God one day, and if you rejected him here in this world, he's going to say, I'm such a loving God that I'm not going to make you stay with me for eternity. You didn't want me in this world, then I'm not going to make you stay with me for eternity. So don't get us wrong when we're talking about God gave us his acceptance. God gave us his love freely while we were still sinners. That has nothing to do with universal salvation. That's right. But it has everything to do that God saw us in our most undesirable ways, in our sinful ways, in a situation where maybe if it were you or me making a decision, we'd say they're worthless, they're hopeless, just toss them to the side. God saw us in that situation. And instead of tossing us to the side, and rejecting us. He accepted us and poured out his love on us by sending his one and only son to the cross to die. If God did not already love you, he would have never sent Jesus to the cross. That is the biggest example we have of the love of God, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For while we were still helpless, that's what we started out with in verse 6. While we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died not for these happy-go-lucky people, not for these great-looking people, not for the best of the best, but it says Christ died for the ungodly. And we look at this on human terms because Paul writes for someone to die for a just person, that's, that's a rarity. That would rarely happen. Would someone die for a good person? Maybe that might happen. But how many times would we see someone in society today go out and die for a bad person? 
Brother Rob, do you did you watch The Dark Knight? I did. I did. Batman The Dark Knight. So do you remember this scene? It, it was this crazy scene when the Joker had the upstanding citizens on this one barge, and then he had all of the prisoners on another barge, and he was trying to turn them against each other. And he he said, if you don't blow up the other barge right. at this certain time, I'm going to blow up both barges. Yeah. And so you had these upstanding citizens and these criminals on separate barges talking about whether they should or should not blow up the other barge. But it simply came down to this. The first one to throw the the detonator overboard were the criminals. Right. Uh, and so many people raised this question on the other barge with the good upstanding citizens that, hey, they're just criminals. They're dirty. They're nasty. That's that's not someone that, that deserves to continue on. Here we are. We're women, children, kids all out here on, on this barge. We deserve to live. And so that was a big thing. And guess what? On that boat, the vote actually went to a a point to where the whole barge, when it came to the vote, they were they decided to blow up the other barge. They did. They had decided to blow up the criminals. Yeah. But in the end, someone did the right thing and they also threw their detonator overboard. And so that messed up the Joker completely. Right. But anyway, we see that. We see that that is what humanity is like. It was very well represented there because the good, upstanding citizens, and I know you can't see me right now, but I'm doing the quotations with my fingers, good, upstanding citizens, they voted to blow up the bad people. And even though that didn't happen, we saw the intents of the heart of humanity. Right. And that's exactly what God did for us. He He didn't have to take a vote. It wasn't something that, he looked at us and it was a, a dilemma within himself. Do I do this? No, we see that in scripture that Christ was crucified before the foundations of this world, before we even came into existence. He knew that he was going to come into this world in the weakness of flesh and die for us. And he didn't do that out of obligation. He didn't do that for any other reason other than the fact that he already, before we took a breath, loved us. Right. So that's where I get to when this question is raised. Am I doing this for his acceptance because of my insecurities or am I doing this out of love? So many times I realize I'm doing it for the wrong reasons mm -hmm. and I come to this conclusion. He already loves me. That's right. I don't have to do anything else for his love. Therefore, I need to do this simply for one reason, because he loves me. Yeah. What do you got, Rob? Yeah, so I will, uh, I'll share with an analogy of, of my relationship with my son. So uh, my little boy it just turned two, and he has definitely entered the terrible twos. He will be the sweetest little thing in the world. And then he'll hit you upside the head or he'll bite you or whatever he'll do. And then he'll look at you with puppy dog eyes and say, I'm sorry, daddy. And it, it's just, it, he's a mess. But but I, I, I say this a lot and uh, people from uh, from my churches will, will recognize already probably what I'm about to say. Um, but Brother Chris, do you know what Silas could do? 
to prevent me from loving him? I don't know one thing that, that he could do. There is absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing that can pre- prevent me from loving him. There might be some stuff that he does that gets him in trouble. He, he's going mm-hmm. to have to to deal with the rod and the staff, right? He's, he's going to have to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that is a daily process here at, the, at our household. Uh, but there is nothing he can do to lose my love. In, in the same way, right. Christ as our father. So Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says uh, that, that Jesus is going to, to be born. His name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So, so it's Jesus as our, old, our older brother, but also as our father. Who, who looks after us and, and cares for us, there's nothing that I can do There, as his child. Now, being his child, I, I have to have accepted his free gift of, of grace um, and, and chosen to, to have faith in him. But once I've done that, there's nothing that I can do to make him not love me because I am his child. And that's the only prerequisite for being in right relationship with Jesus. And, and I love what you brought out and, and I want to, to talk about one word. And, um, I would try to say, um, this Greek word, uh, maybe after I explain it, uh, brother Chris can, can, uh, say it to you. I'm dyslexic and can barely read, uh, English. And so I'm not going to try to read the, the Greek out to you, but the word justified in verse nine, um, it's really interesting what it means. And so uh, these are just a, a few of the the ideas of, of what it means and how it's translated in other places. So it's justified, considered righteous, uh, proved right, uh, declared righteous, set free, acknowledged the, the, the right way, acquitted, alienated, uh, justified, um, before God made innocent and vindicated. So what I, I want us to do is to think of justified in a, a very simple way. And, and I wish I could remember who taught me this, but I, I can't. But uh, what I want you to know that this isn't for me. Um, so, so don't give me credit for it. But this is somebody, uh, probably my old youth pastor broke it down to me in, in this way. But just justified means that we're made as just as if we have never sinned. And so I stand before God, my judge and my savior, as if, as if I have never sinned. So it's just as if I had never sinned. I stand righteous before him. Mm-hmm. And so when I mess up, when I make a mistake, that's all put on Christ. And when, when the father looks yeah. at me, he sees a righteous. No, I know who taught you that. Lee son. Who's that? Ron Coleman. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 it, it's stuck with me for so long. And it's just a a beautiful understanding of what that word means. And it it's easy because you can just look at it and and see it in the word. Um, but but this this passage really helps us to understand that that when we are in Christ, 
we have been justified. And that's the second part that I want to bring out is notice the tense here. Um, so since we have now been justified, is that present tense or past tense? Past. Yeah, absolutely. Past present, tense. future. Yeah, past, present. <laughs> it kind of go, goes in all of it, the, the context. Yeah. Absolutely, it, it does. But but the truth is, is that it's already happened. If I'm in Christ, I have already been justified. Now, I will, I am justified and I always will be justified. But the fact of the matter is that right. it took place already. It's already done. Yeah. It's already done. Yeah. And so I don't have to achieve it. Now, does that mean that mm-hmm. I, I should walk after the, the lust of the flesh? As as Paul would say, absolutely not. That, that's crazy. But what I have to understand is that I don't have to walk in a way that I have to to earn favor. I get to walk in favor uh, because basically broken down what, what it means to walk in God's favor is to be one of his favorites. And and that simply means to be one who God's favor rests on. And that's each and every one of his children. Just like each one of my children are my favorite because my favor rests on them and they can't do anything to take that favor away. I'm one of God's children and, and his favor rests on me. And I it's not because of, of what I've done, uh, but it's because of who I am because Christ has made me a child of the God uh, of God. And, and that's just awesome. I just love that. Thanks for bringing, bringing us that scripture, brother. Yeah, no problem. It's a, it's a scripture that helps me through all of those times when, when that's on my mind. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to, to take from my scripture, I'm going to take us in a little bit of a, different direction. I'm going to look at some examples. So you helped us with the theology. And so now I'm going to look at the practical side of what this means for us. And so I'm going to take us to Hebrews chapter 11. And Hebrews simply is is one of my favorite books of the Bible. Now, you can catch me saying that about any books of the Bible, depending on what I'm talking about. Um, Pastors are bad about that, aren't they? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But I just absolutely love Hebrews. It shows us how Jesus mm-hmm. is greater than everything else, how what he he did on the cross is greater than everything else, how, how he is God and how he is the perfect high priest who stands in the gap and, and connects us with the Father, how his sacrifice is greater, how... Um, how he simply himself is greater. And so, so I love it. But in Hebrews chapter 11, we get to a point uh, where the author is going to write about the patriarchs, the, the fathers uh, and, uh, and mothers of, of the faith. And so we're going to read about some of the, uh, the people who founded uh, Judaism, which eventually founded Christianity and Christ. But uh, these people had faith in God, and then we're going to see that they were made right or made righteous because of their faith. But then I want to take a step further and and look at some of their actions. So we're just going to read, I'm just going to read just a a few 
uh, verses to start off uh, of an explanation of the faith and, and how it uh, plays out in our life. And then I'm going to skip down to uh, to verse 7. So first, I want to read verse 1 and 2. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Uh, for by this, our ancestors were approved. And so now I'm going to go to verse 7. But notice, why were they approved? Because of their faith. Now, um, mm-hmm. we know that that because of Romans, that it, faith apart from works saves us. Now, that doesn't mean that that we can have faith simply by itself because authentic faith is going to breed what works. It just, they naturally go together. And that's what we've been looking at in, in the book of James as we've covered that over a little bit over the last season. And we're going to cover some more this season. Uh, But faith is what made or, or grace through faith is what made them righteous or in right standing with God. So let's read about Noah in verse 7. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, uh, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And so Noah had faith in God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now, after the flood, after Noah has already had had faith, uh, brother, what happens to Noah right right after he gets off the ark? What happens? Oh, he he's just becomes like the most perfect person in the world, and he, you know follows God completely. No, <laughs> oh, don't strike me down. No, he he goes a little crazy, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He, he the first thing that he does is grows a vineyard makes some wine, gets yeah. drunk, and exposes himself. And, and we don't know exactly what it means yeah, he, that he exposes himself. <laughs> he would not be a Baptist pastor, that's for sure. <laughs> no, definitely not. But but he is, so is, is drunkenness a sin? Absolutely. It, it's So we see sin yeah. and brokenness, and, and we see problems and, and, and wickedness of the heart. And this is after faith, and this is after justification right so what does that tell us about god's chosen or his faithful or those in in whom his favor rests does it mean they're perfect people no Mm -mm. absolutely not it means that that we are still broken and we're still living in a broken world we we are children of god and his favor rests on us even when we mess up. The next person that that the Bible talks about uh, is Abraham. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he stayed as a foreigner in a land of promise, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs, of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city uh, that has foundations, whose archetype and builder is God. And so Abraham, once again, we see this in Romans, was credited righteousness. Why? Because of his faith. But after God calls him 
out of out of the land of the the Chaldees or the Chaldeans, what happens? He goes to Egypt, and so Abraham did marry his sister, and so he's going to tell Pharaoh that Sarah is actually his sister, and and that's kind of true. But Abraham was was using this knowledge to deceive, right? And and deception doesn't come from God. God is not a God of deception or disorder. He's a God of of, of righteousness mm-hmm. and order. And so deception is is from Satan and not from God. And so even after he's been justified, Abraham still sins. He still has the the wickedness in his heart. He still shows a a lack of practical faith in not believing that God is going to keep him safe from Pharaoh. And so what's happening here is is we're continually seeing that even after faith, these people are not perfect. Going on, and this is the mm-hmm. last person I'll talk about just because uh, the I know that you guys are busy and, and have things to do, but, but I, I want this to really... To, to hit home. Verse 11 says, uh, by faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was uh, past the age, since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful. And, and this has always been interesting to me because the Bible says that, that she had faith in God. But when God said to Abraham that his wife, who was in her eighties that she was going to have a child. What did, what did Sarah do? Laughed. She laughed. She she laughed simply because she didn't believe it was possible. She never was able to have children. And in her eighties, she definitely didn't think she was going to have children yet. Even in her unbelief, she believed in God because he's the one who said it. Um, And so, but the laugh shows a, a lack of faith, even if it's just temporary. Yet Abraham and Sarah and Noah and all the others in Hebrews chapter 11 are, are highlighted in Hebrews chapter 11, which is called the the uh, hall of faith or the, yeah, the, the hall of fame of the faith. And what we see is that these are the people that we're to look up to that we're to hold to high esteem and to live lives like these people. And so what does that tell you? That, that tells me that even in my brokenness, even in my struggles, even in um, my fail, my failures and my flaws, that if I have faith in God, that his favor rests on me. That, that it's not yeah. my performance. It's not what I do. It's not my works that please God. No, I'm not saying that he's not, um, you know, that he doesn't uh, like a, a father, like when I see Silas do something good, I'm proud of him. And I, I do believe that there's times like that where God looks at us and, and he is proud of what we do. But, but that's temporary because if you're anything like me, those times are, are sometimes few and, and, and there's a lot of time in between those. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking that mostly for you, not for me, but most, no, no, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so, um, but, but the, the thing is, is that his, his, his pride in us, and it's not a, a, a sinful pride, but a, um, a, a love and, and acknowledgement of, of good and, and pleasing and pleasant and righteousness isn't when I do well, it's simply in who I am. And that's a redeemed believer, a, a child of God. And so what I, I hope that you can do and what I try to do every day is I try to wake up and praise God for my righteousness. Not that I have any righteousness to offer, but that Jesus shows his righteousness through me. Second uh, Corinthians chapter yeah. five, verse 21, for he who knew no sin became sin that we might become his righteousness. So we become his righteousness. And I got it right that time, brother. I think. Yeah. You did. yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you got it right. Yeah. yeah. I quote it every Sunday. So I know you got it right. <laughs> right. And, and sorry, that's an inside joke. I, I messed that up at camp. Was yeah. it this year? Um yeah, it was a theory. Yeah, yeah. but I corrected anyway. you though then too. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, you've got my back. Uh, I think. Yeah. But but anyways, what we see is that in Christ we are the righteousness of God, and and that is just such an awesome thing to understand that I can get up and live my life, not attempting to please God for acceptance but trying to please God because he has already accepted me. That means if I fail, if I mess up, I can get up and try again. And I'll mess up again and I'll get up and try again. But I don't I don't feel, so I, I do feel conviction when I mess up, but I never feel condemnation. Yeah. I, I never feel like I'm my relationship's in jeopardy or I'm in trouble. Because I know that my father is a good father, that he loves me and he's gracious and he's just. And he said that I am his righteousness and he's not going to change that. Um, The Bible is clear is that he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His name is I am, which means he always was who he is and he's always going to be who he is. And he's a present God. And so even right now, right. even if I was to to mess up, slip up, fail, fall, whatever, I'm not going to lose his favor because his promise is that his favor will rest on me. Yeah. Well, and Paul kind of talks about something similar to that is that all things are lawful to the believer, but not all things are benefit, uh, you know, benefit the believer, That's beneficial right. to us. And so, you know, that, that kind of goes along with what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, brother, what do you, what do you have to, to say about that? Yeah, I just, I, I think overall this, this whole idea of trying to be accepted by God can be summed up into this. If you want acceptance, it's through faith. That's right. It's it's not through your works. That's right. And faith, you know, is is out of love. That's right. 
faith isn't out of legal obligation. We're no longer legally obligated that, you know, Jesus took care of that legal obligation. He fulfilled the law. And, you know, he even talks about it too. If you really want to please God, you can sum it up on the two laws. You know, the first one being love the Lord, your God with all that you have. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so, being pleasing to God has nothing to do with works and has everything to do with faith, which consequently leads to good works. Good works. <laughs> right. And so when you get into that dilemma, am I doing this to be accepted by him? Remind yourself that you are already loved and accepted by God. There's nothing you can do to change that. Just like Silas could never do anything to make Rob, Brother Rob stop loving him or any of his children for right. for that matter. That's right. Uh, and, and hopefully not me either, right? I can't, you, you'll never stop loving me, right? That's right. You got it. Yeah, no. <laughs> but there's nothing you can do to mess up the Father's love. There's, for you, <gasps> there, there's nothing you can do. To think that you are that powerful, that you are that big, right? That you can you can mess up God's plan and mess up God's love for you, is is just a horrible way to think about Scripture, and, it, and it's completely wrong. So when also you come to that, prideful. remember, yeah, pretty prideful to think that you're big enough to stand up to God and mess up. His what plan, he's already his love for you. Yeah, that is. Yeah, he's already done it. So just remind yourself that God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want to put your face in the dirt when you're down. That's not who he is. He wants to lift you up just like any father or mother that's good would do for their children. And that's that's really all I got. Yeah. In and, conclusion and to this. And I'll just finish up by saying this. The the Bible says that after Jesus ascended, he went to the right hand of the Father and he sat down. So the right hand of the Father is not as much of a geographical location as it is a position of power. So the, the powerful right hand of God is, is what led um, the Israelites through the Red Sea and through the wilderness uh, with a, a pillar of fire and uh, with a, a pillar of cloud and and uh, it was through the mighty right hand that, that God provided the victory um, over all of the enemies of Israel when they were obedient. And so the, the right hand is more of a, yeah. a position of power than a geographical location. But what's important right. beyond that is, is he set down um, to the Jewish people. Um, if you were at work, you didn't sit down. You started your day. And you didn't sit down in, until the end of the day. And so when you sit down, it meant that mm -hmm. you were finished with your work. What what Jesus is saying, or what Scripture is telling us when it says Jesus sat down, it, it's saying that his work was finished. What work is that? Um, on the seventh day, God rested from creation. So he didn't create anymore because he created everything that, that we see and, and know and understand and even the stuff that we don't understand or we don't see, God created all of it, right? Um, but when when mm -hmm. Jesus was done with the cross and with 
the resurrection and the ascension, he goes and he sits down because the work of salvation is done. There's nothing else that anybody else can do. Salvation is finished and it's accessible through faith. And if you have faith in Jesus, you have obtained salvation and you have the gift of the Holy Spirit and nothing can take away God's favor from you. So walk in his love and his mercy and you will naturally please the father. One last thing about Silas. Um, The other day I'm working on um, a house that I thought we were going to live in, but we decided not to live in it, so we're working on it to sell it. Uh, but we, I was working on it, and I had a hammer, and I was I was hammering some nails. Silas has a little a little play toy uh, uh, toolkit, and he grabbed a hammer, and he was beating on the walls with me. You know why he does that? Because he's seen his daddy doing it, and he wants to be like his daddy. If we love Jesus and we are are truly seeking after him, not worrying about our position because our position is secure, but just in a loving relationship with him, we're naturally going to look like him and do what he did because we want to be like our father, just like Silas wanted to be like me. So think about it less in terms of what can I do to earn God's grace and forgiveness and his salvation? And think of it more in terms of I have earned his grace, not because I earned it, but because Jesus earned it for me, his love and his favor. And so now I'm going to walk in it. And and that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. It has for me anyways. And I think that's the end of, of our podcast tonight. We want to say thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Faith 168 podcast. And we hope that you'll tune in next week as we continue to to dig deep into God's word, to um, to address your questions. If you have any questions, send them to us. We want to to answer those. We also want to pray for you. Uh, send us a message on, on Facebook or uh, get a hold of us somehow, and we would love to pray for you in any way that we can. Uh, and so just get a hold of us and we'll pray for you. But I'm going to pray us out. Uh, if you would, join me uh, in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this day and for all your many blessings. God, I simply want to say thank you for the salvation that I have because of what Jesus has has already done for me. That this salvation, I don't have to worry about losing it. Um, I I didn't earn it, and I can't lose it. I, I receive it through faith, and because I've already received it through faith, I have been saved. I have been justified, and I I just pray that you would help each and every one of our listeners, as well as Brother Christian and and myself, help us, help us to, to continue to walk in the light of of your love and your grace, not trying to earn acceptance, but understanding we are accepted, and so we should uh, then be able to walk in and through your love. God, help us to to live and love and serve like you 168 hours of every week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Every week has its trials and tribulations, 
and we want to encourage you to seek Christ during those times. We want to pray for you during those times. So look us up on Facebook by typing in Faith 168 Podcast and send us a message. It can be a prayer request or maybe you want us to answer a question that you've been contemplating. Just send us a message. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see you again in 168 hours.